0: Okay, how is everybody this week? Yeah, that's what I thought. About the same way myself. Welcome, once again, to Celluloid Fever Dreams. A weekly discussion of an overlooked or obscure or cult film that I feel like more people should be made aware of and probably a lot of you would enjoy. As always, I'm your host, Wyndham Jennings. And uh, we're actually jumping forward a little bit. Most of our films have been from the... Uh, well, I think '80s and one from the '70s, a couple from one from the '90s. We're actually coming into this century for our first, uh, the first time in the series. We're going to uh, 2014 in a film called "The One I Love." It's a R rating, so I'm going to warn you of that ahead of time. There's language in it, and there's a yeah, there's a, a few couple of sex scenes, but no real nudity. They do the uh, soap opera thing where everything's under the covers and she leaves her bra on. But, you know, just in case you have issues with either language or, or things like that, I'll give you a little warning warning beforehand before you go in and watch it. We, as always, will remain PG. Uh, our theme song this week was performed by... Uh, I need to come up with a goofy band name every week. That could be a running gag. We'll call it... Uh, dachshunds with dementia okay truthfully it's just the garage band app on my phone and I did it myself but still, let's have a little fun with it it's anyway, as I said, the film is The One I Love, it stars uh, Mark, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, it stars Mark Duplass I guess that's right I'm hoping it is I, I'm, I'm trying to think of another way to say it but uh, yeah, Mark du, Duplass and Elizabeth Moss and has a uh, supporting role from Ted Danson. If uh, you're wondering where you've heard the names before, or where you may have seen them before, we'll start with Mark. Uh, He's an actor and producer, along with his brother Jay, but he's acted in films like Safety Not Guaranteed, which is a time travel movie with uh, Aubrey Plaza, uh, Creep, which is a found found footage horror movie. He had a, a show for several years on the FX network called The League. About a group of people in the fantasy, I think it was fantasy fantasy football league. Uh, with his brother Jay, he's also acted as producer on uh, Safety Not Guaranteed and Creep, and he's also produced the films The Bronze with uh, Melissa Rauch, uh, Horse Girl, which is also on Netflix, and has uh, Allison Brie, and he was uh, one of the producers for the uh, documentary limited series on Netflix, Wild Wild Country, which took a look at a uh, cult in Oregon in the early 80s, the Rajanish cult, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, I haven't seen Horse Girl or The Bronze. I want to see both of them. Uh, But Wild Wild Country, if you're into uh, documentaries, and and, uh, it's a six-part, I think each one of them is an hour-long. But it's a six-episode dive into... The cult and uh, their their doings and all of the illegal activity that some of them got up to. And it's a really good documentary to check out. Uh, Elizabeth Moss is, is pretty much on fire for these past few years. I mean, the minute you see her, she's uh, she is in Mad Men, uh, Handmaid, Handmaid's Tale. She was in Us. Uh, she's in Invisible Man, which came out uh, last year. She's uh, also produced, a producer on a few projects. She's uh, produced and acted in the uh, film Shirley, and uh, she's also a producer on The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, Ted Danson is, oh Lord, Ted Danson's been acting probably almost as long as I've been alive. Uh, Started on Cheers uh, back in the 80s, Three Men and a Little Baby, Three Men and a Little, what was the sequel to that? Was it Little Girl? Little Woman? Uh, most recently, a lot of you probably would know him from The Good Place. I think he's just got a new series that's starting up around the time I'm recording this, where he's playing a mayor. And, uh, and that's pretty much it. There's a few other small parts, some voice acting, but the majority of the film falls around uh, Mark and Elizabeth. And it's directed by Charlie McDowell. This was his uh, first feature-length film, if my, if, uh, my research is correct. He's gone on to do a lot of TV, including uh, Silicon Valley, uh, Dear White People, Legion. The uh, writer is Justin Lader, L-A-D-E-R. hope I'm pronouncing that right. He uh, wrote this film, and the only other f- full-length film I can find that he's done is The Discovery, which uh, Charlie McDowell also directed. It's uh, This was going to be a difficult one to talk about. And it's not really because of subject matter or anything like that. It just boils down to it, it's one of these things that, like Moon, like the film Moon starring Sam Rockwell, or uh, the uh, documentary The Imposter, or the video game You know What Remains of Edith Finch, that the less you know going in, I think the more you enjoy the film the film is got a central mystery to it and, and figuring it out along with the uh, two main characters is a lot of the fun going back and, and watching. It, I mean, I enjoyed it going back and rewatching it and knowing it was coming. It had been a while. I'd forgotten some of the things that happened in the story, but you know, nothing can recreate the first time going through and, you know, it, it, enjoying the weirdness as they stumble across it. And as they start to figure it out and it, as it builds toward towards a conclusion So uh, we might get a little vague and this might get a little weird as we go on. Uh, The the production of the film is actually really interesting. It's, you know what, I'll I'll get in. The entire action takes place, uh, well, except for a couple of scenes, most of the action takes place in a home. Just a a, uh, regular home that the couple spends a weekend in. It's got a guest house behind it. And it's Ted Danson's house, so <laughs> they actually filmed this at the house he, in the house he lived in at the time, according to my research. But uh, a couple other little things like that we'll get into. the The plot of the film: uh, Mark Duplass plays Ethan, uh, Elizabeth Moss plays Elizabeth, uh, uh, English, I swear, English. Elizabeth, Moth play, Elizabeth Moss plays Sophie. And uh, they're a married couple who are going to a, a therapist, played by Ted Danson. And it opens up with them in therapy, but they're recounting the night that they met. They met at a party. There was an instant connection. They went to, they left the party after meeting for like 30 minutes. Rode around, went to a a, a uh, better off part of town, and jumped in this guy's pool in the middle of the night. And he come out yelling at them. They had to run. And for their anniversary. They decided to recreate that, and either nobody was home or, or he just didn't care this time. So they're talking about how hard it is to find that kind of you know they used to be happy and spontaneous, etc., and how hard it is uh, at this point in their relationship to find those moments. But you've ever been in a long term relationship, uh, you know it, it it can hit. I mean, it it's you know not the. Uh, it's never going to be as easy as the fairy tales of your youth make you think that it is. But Ted Danson, you know, listens to them, and there's they don't really come right out at this point in the film. But you know, Ethan has cheated on her, and that's one of the things they're still trying to work past. And uh, Danson suggests that they go away for the weekend to this place that he knows, and they talk about. He mentions it that uh, it's a hundred percent success rate. That every couple he sent there has come back renewed. So this is like a last ditch effort for the two of them. And it's a nice house. Like I said, if, uh, if my research is right, it's, it's Ted Danson and uh, his wife Mary Steenburgen's house, and the guest house behind it is is uh, their house, you know, part of their property as well. Uh, you know, really nice house. And they get there, and the the evening they spend together, you can tell, you know, they're they're trying to work at it, they're trying to find that spark, trying to, you know, save things, but there's still an underlying tension. It's a really well-done scene of them together and them, you know, trying to, uh, you know, relax and and, uh, see if this is going to work and open to to new things. And that's when it kind of starts to get weird. And, like I said, it, it... it's kind of hard to talk about without, cause I don't want to spoil it. You know, I want you to go out, out and experience the way I did when we first stumbled across the movie, I believe it was my wife that found it. And we were, you know, she, we went into it just thinking, Oh, it's going to be kind of a, a I don't want to say a rom-com because it, it is about a couple trying to save their marriage. But the way it was presented, we were like, okay, is this going to be like a comedy, like something weird? Somebody's living in the guest house, et cetera. And it just went in directions that we weren't expecting. And it, it it really did. It, it's, it goes, it plays out like a, well, if I say Twilight Zone, I'm probably aging myself, but it plays out like a Black Mirror episode or, or a, a, an X-Files episode. It's got one of those twisty, turny kind of plots that sort of come out of nowhere and the way they react to it and what they do over the course of the weekend and where it leads to is just a fun ride. I ain't going to say a fun ride. It can get, it pretty real a couple of times as they uh, work on their marriage, but it's a ride worth taking and it's worth taking kind of blind. Uh, The guest house is the center of all of it. Uh, I'll tell you this much, because uh, Sophie goes out there and she runs into Ethan out there and uh, they spend... An evening together, and it, it's completely unlike uh, you know the way things have been for the longest time. It's more like when they first met. And then when she comes back to the main house, Ethan's asleep on the couch. And that's the beginning of the mystery. I'll tell you that much. If that intrigues you, then you'll kind of like where it's going and, and the, the uh, twists and turns of the story to the point that... Uh, and I have to admit when they first start to figure it out their first reaction is to run so they they come across as very human characters they come across as very real people and part of that and it really surprised me when i i come across as doing research for the film in a interview uh mark said that they didn't have a really a, a full script like you usually have in films like this He said there was a 50-page document that contained everything that they needed except the actual dialogue. Like they had scene beats, they had, you know, emotion, you know, the way they're supposed to play it, things like that. But pretty much the majority of the dialogue in the film is uh, improvised between himself and Moss. He said there was just a few key scenes, and, uh, you know, I got a feeling a lot of those is towards the end of the film. Uh, because there's not a lot of special effects in it, but because of the nature of the the guest house and et cetera, there are a few special effect shots that I could see requiring a a more detailed script. And he said even then, they were just given a version of the scene and and, uh, were allowed to improvise around it as long as they got the core of the scene correctly. But, you know, on the one hand, this isn't... uh, you know, this isn't going to be, I don't know, it's not a gut-wrenching, I think, is uh, a marriage story with uh, Johansson and, and Driver, which came out not too long ago. But the the whole core of it, the core of watching them try to save their marriage, the core of them, you know, trying to reconcile and, and trying to, you know, sort of walk the knife edge of do we continue to do this or, you know, do we go our separate ways and the ways that the... Uh, Paranormal intrudes upon that and the way it sort of affects their decisions. It's really emotional to watch. And I really enjoyed, uh, you know, watching Ethan and Sophie. I really think that uh, Duplass and and Moss really, you know, and especially finding out that the majority of the dialogue is, you know, improvised, just, you know, it really made me appreciate it even more because I do come across like a you know, a, a couple that has been together forever, and you know, sort of fell into their routines and fell into the familiarity of each other, and are trying to figure out how to sort of shake themselves out of the doldrums of that. And I loved the mystery. Uh, I read a few reviews because you know, there's not really a whole lot online about this film, which you know doesn't surprise me. We'll get into that in a few minutes. Um, but you know. The, I kind of agree a little with some of the critics who says, say that they they really did nail the emotional core of the story and the marriage part of it and then working on it and their their uh, relationship. but they I, I do kind of agree that they didn't sort of push the mystery a little more. like there's there's different ways that they could have taken it. And on the one hand, maybe, they could have, but on the other, uh, I'm not sure that it would have really, I don't know, added anything to the film, or, uh, I almost got a feeling that if they had explored it, a, a explored it in any more detail, or, or tried to add any more to that, it might have, I don't know, bloated the film, because it, it comes in at, I don't even think, right around 90 minutes, maybe a little bit more, and it's kind of lean and tight, and, very low budget, I mean, the film's beautiful to look at, but with, you know, three locations at at, uh, most and the you know bulk of the story being revolving around their marriage and and them trying to save it, and from what I understand they only had like a $100,000 or so budget and uh, they filmed it in about 15 days (laughs) according to my research, so I can understand why that wasn't you know, included, like why they they made such a lean sort of uh, stripped down film. But, you know, once they in, in invest in the mystery, it becomes the central part of the film and, and uh, how it affects their marriage and how it affects them moving forward. And again, I just, I really, really enjoy it. But like I said, I, there's not a whole lot about it online. I was trying to figure out why. The uh, film was shot in summer of 2013 if I'm, if uh, my sources are correct and screened at sundance in january of 2014 a so very quick turnaround and uh got released uh, video on demand and limited release in theaters in august of 2014 screened at tribeca uh, that year as well its original opening was only eight theaters nationwide and it eventually expanded out into 82 theaters nationwide but even worldwide distribution it uh, only in only made a little over five hundred thousand dollars and i think that's kind of sad i mean it's on netflix it's been on netflix for years but at the same time it's a really well done film with a good mystery at the core of it uh two solid performances i mean it's not it's like moon in another way moon basically revolves around sam rockwell's character by himself for you know the vast majority of the film and this isn't much more than that the only actors you you have ted danson for the first 10 minutes of the film uh when they run away from the uh house to try to figure out you know, what's going on and, and whether they should stay or whether they should escape. They go to a diner, but other than the waitress and the extras in the background, it, the film is just the two of them and the central mystery of the guest house. And for them to hold it, and I have to say, I like Elizabeth Moss anyway, and I hadn't seen a whole lot with uh, uh, Mark Duplass in it, but I really enjoyed them, uh, especially Elizabeth Moss. Her her turn as as Sophie having to there's so much in the way that she carries herself and her facial expressions you really she really gets across the idea of how hurt she is and how much she wants him to reach out more and do more and understand how much he hurt her in the film and it's just amazing to watch and it's perfectly counterbalanced by just how clueless Ethan is in so many of those moments and uh, yeah if you're a guy like me it can be a little you know, painful to watch and realize how clueless he is and and uh, how clueless uh you know that you can be at times in in a marriage or, or a relationship but I did really in it's not a story understand what the critics are saying about they could have expanded more they could have maybe gone a little bit more into the implications of the mystery into what it meant uh because let me tell you ted danson's line about everyone comes back renewed uh, is very ominous in retrospect and and key to the mystery but yeah there are a few things near the end of the film concerning the mystery that don't flow as well for me. And uh, I, th- I think takes away some of the... And it's weird to say, this takes away some of the mystery of it. And here's the thing. The revelations made towards the end of the film about the central mystery just feel a little, to me, clunky and heavy-handed. They carry implications that are just incredibly dark uh, for for what's been going on before. I mean, I'm not saying it's lighthearted, feel good comedy, but just the things that they imply about, you know, what the therapist knew, what he knew was going to happen to Ethan and Sophie over the course of this weekend, what he figured was going to happen to them. Uh, it gives it a really bleak kind of feel to it. Uh, you know, especially the ending, the, you know, the final stinger shot of, of, uh, Ethan and, and Sophie. It's, uh, and I'm not someone who needs everything explained. You know, I don't need to know, you know, why you your the exact mechanism of why a spaceship can go faster than light. I don't need to know how a lightsaber works. Uh, I don't need to know how, you know, the magic spells work. I don't need to know really what's going on and the weirdness around this house and the guest house. I don't need to know the mechanism behind it or, or really who the therapist is or, or how this all came about, but... You know, I, I do think either intentionally or unintentionally, it, the movie is really dark. I, mean, I keep saying that, but it, it's a very downturn on what happened and what is is happening, and it just adds an extra layer to the events at the end of the film and uh, the decisions they make and and their marriage from that point going forward. That uh, you know, the first time I watched it. It was interesting, and it was, it was uh, you know one of those like I said X Files, you know, uh, Black Mirror style endings. But watching it again and and seeing that, and you know the more you think about it, the more uh, just down the ending comes across as, and and uh, the less the uh, less Ethan and Sophie at the end of the film come out of it uh, looking good, I guess. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I there's not a whole lot on the film, there's not really a whole lot I can expand upon without really spoiling the film for you, which I don't want to do, because, as I said, I really feel like that, uh, going into it just, you know, even if you knew less than what I, I've told you here, and I've tried to avoid telling you a whole lot, uh, it, the the joy of watching it for the first time is is exploring the mystery of, uh, what's going on with with ethan and sophie and i can understand i guess that they didn't really expand a whole lot on the mystery because the focus should have been uh ethan and sophie trying to fix their relationship but mysteries also play such a part in that that i kind of wish they had explored a little more of it that'd probably be the worst thing i'd say about the film like just you know a little bit more of the implications of it, and, and what was going to, to happen to them when they left, and et cetera and uh, what they were facing up against, and the choices. But other than that, it's a really enjoyable film. Uh, it's you know like like just about every one of them that I talk about on here. It's one you know nice one to sit down. It's a little over I won't say it's like a hundred minutes or so. So it's not a you know one you're gonna have to set aside the whole evening for. It's just one you can put on watch, uh, I do recommend you just sit down and watch it and pay attention because it's, uh, got some twists and turns and some little things that you kind of have to pay attention to to keep up with. But, uh, yeah, solid movie. If, uh, I was going to rate it, which I probably will when I put it on my Letterboxd thing, is, you know, three and a half four out of five. Because even going back and watching it and knowing the mystery, you know, watching, uh, Mark Duplass and watching, uh, Elizabeth Moss play off each other and you know, the, the life they gave the two characters, the, uh, way they did them, the choices they made with them really enjoyable, even knowing what was coming up. So, uh, yeah, you had a chance, you had a free evening. You need to, if you got Netflix and I think you can also rent it on Amazon and Vudu, a couple other sites like that. You want to check out, uh, the one I love is definitely one you need to spend an evening watching. And, uh, it's going to be kind of a short episode because of that. So I'm going to wrap it up here. Uh, if you like what you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't, tell an enemy. Uh, if you really liked what you heard, go to wherever you got this from and leave me a five-star review. Five-star reviews help me out. Uh, if you want to financially support the show, I'm on uh, Buy Me a Coffee, though mine, obviously, since I'm movie-related, is Buy Me a Popcorn. You can leave a small donation if you'd like to. Uh, it's, of course... Celluloid Fever Dreams. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Celluloid Fever Dreams. We're on Twitter if you want to follow us at uh, C Fever Dreams. We're on a uh, Pod Chaser, which is a website that's kind of the IMDb of podcasts. As a uh, Celluloid Fever Dreams, and I'm on there as a uh, Wyndham Jennings. But uh, any one of those you want to use to get in contact with us, or something you would like to you know ask me about the show, uh, you know comment, uh, you know criticism if there's a movie you'd like to suggest there's something you think i should have covered about one of the films we've already done etc feel free to drop me a line say hi you know I, i like reading these kind of things i like interacting with the fans and uh you know we're just gonna wrap it up here for now see you again next week break out my list of films and Next one on it is from 2015, and it is Final Girls. Nice little uh, tongue-in-cheek take-off of the slasher films with a uh, surprisingly sweet kind of core to it. Uh, Interesting film I come across a few years back and uh, don't really see a whole lot of people talking about, which is par for the course. But until next week, uh, be good to each other, Uh, be good to yourself, take care of yourself, and uh, don't stop until you've watched all the movies till next time I'm Wyndham Jennings thanks this show has been written, produced, hosted, researched and etc 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 by uh, me, Wyndham Jennings and, uh, well, that's all the credits we really need cause it's just me I need to make up an extra person on the crew In order for me to talk to you. So it makes it seem like you guys and that, but, uh, Like my producer early told me that's not a good idea So, uh, we're not gonna do that But, uh, see ya